0: Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton-Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton-Allen and Gary Potterfield. Good
1: morning. Welcome to this episode of the Brand Ambassadors on Friday, February 16th. Uh, also, if you're following that sort of thing, the first Friday of Lent. Uh, good morning, Gary. I'm going by Gary Potterfield. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing okay. Hey, that's, you, uh, you're, you mentioned the Lent thing. I mean, what a, what a crisis on uh, Ash Wednesday for those... Who follow that, huh? It's, it was you know Valentine's yeah, Day no, and kidding. the first of Lent. Yeah.
1: Well, how did you yeah. deal with it? Um, how did, how uh, did you deal with it? How did? Well, I've been married for 23 years, um, and I was really busy, so I neither got ashes nor flowers, and so it worked out perfectly. It was just Wednesday, <laughs> but I didn't eat meat.
2: You know, if you if you worked if you worked it out right, the husband could say could just get old flowers that become ashes, and then you've got it. You've got them both covered.
1: Or we could, yeah, we could have set him on fire. Uh, yeah, and I, are you giving up anything for Lent this year? I say mockingly. Okay, I don't.
2: You know, I, I should. I I mean, you know, you you always you do mock me for that one year many years ago when I when I didn't have to but uh, gave up all alcohol for uh, for Lent.
1: A Catholic pro tip: No Catholic in their right mind would ever give up alcohol. Alcohol for lunch, and only a Protestant would make that sort of amateur mistake.
2: <laughs> it worked out. It worked out well that one week of the uh, of the trade show when uh, when I was bright eyed and bushy tailed, and everyone else was the exact opposite.
1: Did you lose weight? I think I would lose weight if I did that.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good. That's a. That's a good one. I was thinking. I think. So this. Will, let's cut to the chase. I'm going to. I'm going to give up deprivation for Lent.
1: Finally, finally, all these years of married to a Catholic, you finally understand what Lent is all about.
2: <laughs> all righty. So here well, we, we got are.
1: We uh, uh, Yeah, we got a good show coming up. Um, We've got uh, Bill Salvin who um, has just got a phenomenal background in cri- in media communica- media training pardon me media training crisis communications uh he's worked uh with uh global companies uh for years and most recently just returned as the chief of public affairs for the uh, nato and u s resolute support mission in Afghanistan so we've got bill coming up and it's been an interesting week uh uh, pseudo-holidays aside, I think what I'm most interested in is Google has decided to self-filter itself for online ads.
2: Yeah, I think uh, from a PR perspective, I think it's fascinating uh, that, uh, it, that they're going to come off saying, look how nice we are. We're See, we, we care about you folks, doggone it. We're going to we're gonna fil- we're, we're gonna we're going to uh, filter ads and uh, and uh, so um, but if you really I think if you look deeper, it uh, certainly is not to the detriment of um, of Google to do that.
1: Well, uh, well, of course not. they They see that thirty percent of online users are uh, employing third party ad blockers. So why not filter ads yourself and prevent um, uh, why not why not control the ad atmosphere?
0: There
2: you that go. I
1: like that adverse ad Adver, adverse.
2: Fear. Uh yeah.
1: more adverse fear, more uh, uh more directly and that could get them in trouble particularly with uh the European commission because uh they're pushing hard on antitrust with uh uh the big tech giants.
2: Well, you know the the online ad uh, business is uh, certainly a big business something I think it's something in the neighborhood of 40 billion a year something around there. So that's not chump change.
1: Wow. Right, right. And, of course, and Google's already been fined uh, $3 billion by uh, the European Commission for Anti-Competitive Practices. So, uh, of course, in a company like... Google Alphabet's. Um, what's three billion when you have so many billions more? It's a cost of doing business.
2: It's the the old Everett uh, Dirksen uh, comment uh, in the '60s about, you know, a billion here and a billion there. Pretty soon you're talking real money, and that was back in the '60s. He said that. So, but you know what? We got to be well, careful, I, now. I, I, right? I, we got be careful because you know uh, you know, don't speak. You speak too ill of Alphabet, and uh, you know we're we're a G Suite company. What the heck?
1: I'm not speaking ill at all. I, I, I'm expressing I'm expressing my fascination with the concept because we also have been pushing our clients to do media buys to do more online because it, it's kind of instant return on investment. You get uh, you you can get uh, data immediately about who looked who looked when. You can start the ad. Uh, um, whenever you want, pretty much immediately, and then stop it when you get to a certain number of views or a certain uh, dollar threshold. I think it's a great instant way for companies who are thinking about buying into Medium to get into it. And so I think the challenge for uh, the advertisers, you know, we, we all use search engine optimization uh, already with our keywords. So now it's going to be Chrome engine optimization to make sure our ads aren't filtered to the uh, to the viewers who we need, we need to see. We need them to see the, see it the most.
2: Well, the other thing about that is the fact that um, I mean, again, it's not going anywhere because it is. It has surpassed um, television advertising. Online advertising is uh, is is the top dog now, so um, it's where it's it's where it's at.
1: And Chrome has uh, almost two thirds of the browser market already, fifty nine percent.
2: Well, I'm chroming right now, I'll tell you that.
1: Yeah, this uh, I, I, I would agree. This broadcast brought to you by Voice America, Skype, and Chrome.
2: <laughs> wait a minute, and, and and Vox Optima, there's this little company. I'm pretty fond of them.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Gosh, those guys are great. I they wish we are. could work
2: with Oh wait, never they, mind, we do. <laughs> so uh, so yeah. So that's uh, a no, we got a couple, new, got nice. a
1: couple new faces. And we got a couple of new faces at Fox Optima.
2: Yep. New faces. I mean, and that's, yeah. One of them is a face we've known for some time. So, yeah, but one's a brand new yeah, face. Yeah, it's
1: great. I have the. Yeah, we got Laura Lakeway back. She's been a subcontractor to us before, and now she's uh, working for us uh, full time. She's a phenomenal photographer. has uh, done some great work with National Geographic. And then we've got Justin Hodge uh, joining us. Uh, uh, he's an uh, Air Force uh, uh, writer, shooter, photographer, journalist, and uh, he'll be starting on Tuesday. So I'm really excited uh, that we're uh, adding new faces to the
2: company. Yep. It's a good thing. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's well, actually,
1: we're, we're actually adding the whole person. It's not just faces. That would be weird. <laughs>
2: yeah. Right. Uh, well, yes, yeah, so when, when you've got to, uh, yeah, it's important you could just have a face if you were, if, if everything was being done remotely, but it's not.
1: Yeah. No, these are, these are on-site folks. So like the, the face and the rest of them actually show up. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. As long as that's, that's still a thing you see in some, in some, uh, in some, uh, unfortunately, probably near term future. Uh, they'll go, I'll get the photographer and they'll go, okay, we'll get, it, it'll be like a, an iRobot kind of a photographer. Uh, Oops, I shouldn't even think that. Yeah,
1: I anyway. don't think
2: that. So. Hmm. All right. Well, anyway. So yeah. It, um, so uh, the, uh, the the you know the the Google ad thing. That's certainly uh, uh, actually talking about the Google ad thing is actually pleasant given all the cr- crazy stuff in the world today. So uh, that's 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 even kind of a pleasant thing to discuss in terms of uh, um, PR and such. So. Let's just yeah, talk about happy
1: I think stuff. Today, um, yeah, just talk about happy, happy stuff. And, and um, actually, I, I'm uh, I'm pleased that we're really going to f- focus on media training today. We've talked plenty about crisis communication and preparing, but I think talking about the um, the details and the nuances of media training uh, it's important because when also I think when uh, folks who haven't been through it before, or uh, journalists themselves hear media training. They can think, "Oh, uh, pre-programmed automaton. We're not going to get anything human out of them. They're just going to spout uh, uh, talking points until they're done with the interview." And I think it's much more than that. And I think uh, the best media trainers, and we're talking, we'll be talking with one of them, uh, can can tell us, you know, what to look for and who needs media training.
2: Yeah, I think the. Um- it's um, I, I think about um, the, that old cartoon with uh, with the sheepdog and the wolf and uh, and how they go after each other um, during the you know during during the day and then they then they then they clock out and they're friends. I think the media and the and the uh, and and the and the spokespeople and those who are uh, media trained they kind of know the game uh, of what they're playing and uh, so so. Um, uh, but it certainly is good if you can uh, c- get past some of that stuff and uh, and talk real once in a while. I think we've talked in the past on the show about, you know, when you watch the Meet the Press or any of the morning Sunday morning shows and how, you know, you, you we can tell what they're doing. Uh, even, even lay people can tell what the spokespeople are doing or what the talking heads are doing.
1: I was at a Chamber of Commerce mixer last night, and we were talking about one of... Um, our legislative uh, representatives, who's uh, who's built a phenomenal brand on being uh, charming and lovely and polite. And uh, I was talking with someone who had visited this uh, uh, representative's uh, uh, congressional office, and uh, th- it was fascinating. He said that you know, the meeting went by so quickly, and we discussed nothing of what we wanted to discuss.
2: And, and they didn't real, did they not realize it until it was over that, that they, got, they got the, I guess, saying right, they right. taken? But that's when you're good. Boy, when you can do that, when people leave going, boy, they're the nicest. Wait a minute. We didn't get anything done. It's been done, right?
1: <laughs> well, I don't uh, know. It's ba- I think it's better if people don't realize that and just think you're the nicest person ever. Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, I, but but that's, these, these, were pre- these are pretty shrewd constituents, too.
2: I think that's, uh, those are kind of mutually exclusive. I mean, if, I, I think, wouldn't it be that, you know, that you're super sweet, super nice, and you're effective um, as a legislator? I don't know if that's, is it mutually exclusive? I don't know. You're going to have to tell me one of these days, Merritt, if it's mutually uh, exclusive.
1: Uh, this show is not about politics. I'm not even touching that. All right. Not even touching that. So, Uh, We're going to be talking with uh, uh, Bill Salvin, and uh, Gary, why don't you tell folks how they can uh, send in their questions?
2: Sure. Uh, Please do, folks. Uh, uh, Give us a call at 866-472-5790 or send us an email at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. So you can talk to Bill Salvin in a few minutes and talk to us about all things uh, PR, all things branding, and certainly about media training. And this is the Brand Ambassadors, and we'll be back with Bill in just a couple of minutes.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima. Outcome based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also, look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service disabled veteran and a woman owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties people our strategy, and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit voxoptima.com. That's voxoptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8am US Pacific Time, usually 4pm UK on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. You are listening to The Brand Ambassadors. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: Welcome back to The Brand Ambassadors. I'm Mary Hamilton Allen joined by co host Gary Potterfield and now in studio guest Bill Salvin, the president and founder of Signal Bridge. Uh, you can read more about Bill while you're listening to this at his website, www.signalbridge.com. Bill, good morning. Thank you so much.
4: Good morning, Merrick. Good morning, Gary. Glad to be with you.
1: So we're t- we've been talking about uh, media training and uh, the, the skepticism, I think, that uh, the public and sometimes uh, journalists themselves might have about uh, the notion of it. But how does media training help get stories told correctly?
4: Uh, when it's done right, media training helps by helping, in my case, I'll call it, you know, the client, Uh, you have a story to tell and you have an audience that you want to hear that story. So the the best media training helps you identify your audience, uh, helps you understand the concerns and feelings of that audience, and then be able to craft a decent message to connect with them in a way that uh, is meaningful for them, which means your message has to connect with their, uh, feelings and concerns. Uh, and, and the reason you, you deal with concerns and feelings is because, it, Everyone listens that way. There's nothing more interesting to me than my problems. Uh, and for your audience, there's nothing uh, less important uh, to them than your problems. So if they're focused on themselves, and they want to see and hear themselves in your messages. And that's, to me, one of the biggest benefits of media training is help sharpen a message so that it really connects with the audience in the way the audience needs to hear the words.
2: So uh, I think that um, from again from the, from the, the, the audience point of view and I mentioned earlier in the show about um, when you watch the morning Sunday morning talk shows and you and you see in particular the politicians on there and uh, and without knowing the terminology I think the audience realizes what they're seeing sometimes which is blocking blocking a, you know a, a question from a reporter and and um, and the frustration so how do you work with your clients to ensure that You know, they they do what they want to do in terms of their message, but also don't turn off the the audience by virtue of of, of, appearing to be blocking what the question is.
4: Uh, uh, Great question. And it's it's one of the fundamental things that we teach is when you say yes to an interview. What you've said yes to is that you're going to respond to questions. So what really irritates the public, especially when it comes to politicians, is that people simply don't respond to the question. Uh, You'll get a a question like, Senator, what's your position on, on school choice? And you'll hear an answer somewhere along the lines of, I believe every American child has the right to a good education. That's awesome senator, but what's your position on school choice? You know, education is the cornerstone of our democracy, and they they just reduce it to bumper stickers, and that's not a conversation. You really want to make it uh, as though you're having a conversation, clearly a conversation that you're having, uh, you have a point to make, but the fundamental part of the exchange that you've made with the reporter is that you're going to respond to their questions. Even if you say, you know, that's not really a, a question that we're focused on right now. You know, what we're focused on is this, which is you're blocking and then you're bridging over to your message. The, the public doesn't see that type of uh, blocking and bridging as a problem. What they really don't like uh, is when you're just simply not responsive to the question.
1: No, absolutely, uh, but. <clears throat> Pardon me. And on the other hand, uh, I think uh, this is where the PR professional really steps in because, in addition to helping prepare their clients uh, for these key engagements, they're also building relationships uh, with the journalists and the producers themselves.
4: Absolutely. And and in the times when I've been a spokesperson, uh, whether it's in the military or uh, for one of my clients or when I used to work for a company as a a spokesperson, you'd have those conversations with reporters and you'd be really clear, or at least I would, in terms of if that's the story you're looking to do, that's really not a story we're going to be part of. So I don't have anything on that story. A story we would like to be part of is this, and it's a negotiation, and sometimes you help reporters out and you do a story that uh, is important to the reporter and you maintain that relationship. And uh, it may not be the perfect story for you, but it's a good story for you. And when you have a good relationship with a reporter, you can do those kind of things. And that's exactly where I think the PR professional uh, can have a big impact on an organization's uh, public face. <laughs>
1: One thing I've had uh, experience with is when uh, stories go viral, and so then the you know the morning news shows are trying to get you know get get the get. Uh, they want that get. Uh, uh, they they put out the ask. They stake out the person's house. They're calling uh, the parents. I've been in situations. Where producers that I've worked with in the past have actually called me and asked me to reach out to individuals to say, hey, I think you need um, some media representation. I can help with this. And I even had a producer once say, "Uh, these folks need media training.
4: Have you ever experienced
1: anything like that?
4: I have had that uh, experience uh, quite a bit, and w- what I try and do is make sure that the people that I, I put uh, on television or in the media in some way, uh, I make sure that they have training uh, before they do it. Uh, I, I have been called in uh, after things have gone badly for a few days in a an incident response, uh, and I, I was called in to essentially straighten up the communications, because in this particular response, uh, things were going quite uh, quite badly. Uh, they, they made some uh, very uh, basic mistakes in terms of excluding the media, not talking to the media, and ultimately what that meant was they weren't talking to uh, the, the public of this small town that essentially had no drinking water in the middle of winter in Montana. So uh, that's, a, that's a huge deal, and your audience in that case is not the press your audience are the people uh, who don't have drinking water right now and they want to know what to do and they're looking for you to tell them what to do if you can't do that that ends up being a real problem that's the other uh, important point that that I would like to make is whenever you have a guest that is going on uh, a program or you're going to do an engagement with the media the media is not your audience. The media is the delivery system. It's the conduit to your audience. And helping people understand that makes the media a little less scary. Um, the media has a job to do. They want an interesting story. And uh, they will, if you have an interesting story, they're going to tell that story. Uh, long, long time ago, I used to work for Amoco Corporation. And Amoco had operations in the country of Colombia. At the time, and we were doing a training session, and we simulated a a, a print interview with uh, the gentleman who did a very nice job of getting oil out of the Colombian jungle uh, for uh, Amoco. And uh, at the end of the the interview, uh, we, we do what reporters do because I'm a recovering reporter, and and you know we we've done the interview, and I said, "Hey, is there anything else you'd like to add?" And the the guy goes well, you know, what was really interesting is all the trouble we had with the cocaine cartels. And I said, really? (laughs) Uh, uh, Because reporters ask the next logical question, and at that point, really was the next logical question. And uh, I said, really? And he goes, oh, yeah, Um, they would dry their cocoa leaves in the heat from our flare stacks. So we had to put up fences with barbed wire, and we had to hire guards with machine guns and... You know, it was a real challenge. So I wrote uh, the story and the headline was Amoco Looks for Oil and Finds Cocaine. And the the point I was, the the guy got really upset with me and he said, that's not what I said. And I responded, that's exactly what you said. I have it on tape. I can play it back for you. And he said, but that wasn't my message. And I said, (laughs) but it was the most interesting thing you told me. So make sure that your message is the most interesting thing the reporter hears, because that's the ultimate job of a reporter, is to tell an interesting story.
2: You know, I think that um, the thing that, that I take, uh, particularly for those that, like the gentleman you spoke of, it's a lot of folks for medium-sized and medium-sized medium businesses or, or small businesses or, or just folks that don't generally get in front of the media that um, what where they normally could have a regular conversation and do do wonderfully, uh, once the you know the, the lights come on or once the once the phone call happens from the reporter, they freak out. We're about to go to break, and so when we come back, it would be nice to uh, to talk about you know what you can do, uh, Bill, uh, to to and how media training can help somebody who is uh, just absolutely petrified and and can't speak naturally and can't get their message out. So if we can talk about that when we come back. Um, We are the Brand Ambassadors, by the way, folks, and uh, we have a great guy, Bill Salvin, on the call with us, Um, a great media trainer, a great public affairs professional. Uh, Give us a call at 866-472-5790 or send us an email at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com and talk to Bill when we come back after the break.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also, look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service disabled veteran and a woman owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels, you'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit voxoptima.com. That's voxoptima.com.
3: Are you finding your frequency?
0: Are listening to the Brand Ambassadors. To reach our program today, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email with questions or comments to ambassadors at voxoptima.com. Now, back to this week's program.
2: Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I am uh, Gary Potterfield along with Merritt Hamilton Allen. And our guest today, Bill Salvin. You know, I was thinking, remembering last week, Merritt, when I when I, we were going to break, and I said, I said, "This is in brand ambassadors," and I'm Merritt Merritt Hamilton Allen. So uh, I fixed that little problem. Anyway, Bill, before we, uh, we, we before we went to break, I was talking about the fact that um, uh, you know s- s- one of the aspects of media training that's so good is is is. The, People who are otherwise you know can communicate terrifically wonderfully when the lights come on and all they they, they just they just panic and're and they're, and they're in the, in the, they see it totally in the uh, fight or flight mode uh, when they're dealing with the media. so how do you work with your clients to make sure that that doesn't happen and they're able to get their message out
4: the The very best thing about uh media training is when you can show people themselves. Uh, Part of that fight or flight response that you get from people is they don't have any uh, confidence in what they look like. They don't have any confidence in what they sound like. So they're hesitant because it's almost as though they want to play a character of themselves. And what you want to do is is make the gap between the person who you sit uh, at the bar and have a conversation with, and the person you see on TV. You want that gap to be very small, so you have the same type of conversation. The way that you do that is you play the tape back, so they can watch themselves, so they can hear themselves, so they have some confidence that they look okay, uh, and they get used to the get used to the sound of their voice when they're uh, when they're. Talking on tape, because we don't hear our voice the same way uh, when, uh, when we're recorded. We, you know, when you hear your voice when you're speaking, that sound radiates through the bones in your skull to a, a large extent, and that's why there's a difference between what you hear when you're recorded and what you hear when you're speaking. Helping people uh, go through that so it's not new to them is really, to me, that's where the magic happens in media training, where they gain their confidence is by seeing themselves and then they work to make themselves uh, essentially the best version uh, of themselves when they're on camera.
1: Well, um, uh, we've got a question from a listener. I think that's a good follow-on. This is uh, from Rachel in Oceanside. What happens when you have a uh, media training client who just is awful? Do you, do you let that person go forward? What do you do? Are they truly, can someone be truly unfixable?
4: I've in the 20 plus years that I've been been doing this full time uh I there're very very few people that are unfixable. Uh i it it, it, it ta- some of some of them take more work. Uh, all of them take some very specific things but it's very rare where uh, I will go back to the the p r person for a client and say, "Yeah, you need to keep this person a mile away from from any media uh, if if you uh, If you work with them, most people can can do very well uh, and represent their organizations well that's to me. To me, that's the uh, important discovery that I've made in doing this is uh, I, I think for the most part, everyone is is fixable. I've only had less than five in 20 years that uh, I really uh, recommended that they, they not do media. And it was for reasons that had nothing to do with their presence. It had to do with their, their view of themselves or some other issues that were, were beyond work issues.
2: Well, uh, i had some, two,
1: and kind of the same way.
2: In some cases, um, in, obviously, at the, in the end of the day, de- at the end of the day, it's the message that matters more than the messenger. Correct?
4: Uh, actually, I, generally, I, I tell people that you you have to flip that. Um, uh, what 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 the audience takes away from uh, an interview is kind of a, a net impression, and that's made up of the uh, the message certainly, but also. The human being, and you will you will remember the human part of it, the human being, for a much longer period of time than you will remember the message. Research shows that people remember about ten percent of what you say after three days, but they'll remember you as a human being and how you made them feel. Uh, that that's very very important. So that's part, you know the what you're working on in media training not only is the message, but it's the messenger because the messenger does matter, and you want to make sure that. Uh, the messenger doesn't hinder the reception of the message. And if you want to boil down audience research for the last 50 years, if they like you, they tend to believe you.
2: <laughs> there you go.
4: Just- so if you can be likable, that's, uh, that, that's a good thing. And if you think about it, why do people have, um, it, you know, when firefighters or first responders are doing press conferences, uh, they tend to do pretty well because we like them. We like the people who come to our rescue, uh, and we take their messages. Uh, and you know, there, there are some first responders who I've seen on, on TV that you know, aren't that good, but we don't really care because we like them.
2: But you really, but likability is uh, that would be a challenge. If you could, if you could, you could, you could have, you could have an entire industry about uh, how to te- teach people how to be likable. That's got to be a challenge for you.
4: It's challenging, but the, the the secret is if you're responsive to the question that you're asked, uh, then generally the the audience is on your side. Uh, it's very rare for the audience to not be with uh, uh, a guest. Uh, they're they're kind of pulling for the guest. It, this does not apply to politicians because uh, certainly in our country right now there is a great political divide, and people are already having. Formed opinions about the, the politicians. And quite frankly, politicians tend not to be bound by the truth. Uh, the people that I work with, when they're in with companies and they've had an incident or they're they're working on something, they actually are bound by the truth and they have to uh, tell the truth because if, if they don't, uh, someone's going to get in uh, a lot of trouble. Uh, so the, the there is to be Responsive to the question that you're asked, and that increases your likability by a factor of ten.
1: That, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, when when um, as a as a spokesperson and as an uh, interview subject, you're bound by the truth. And I want to uh, switch a little bit over to your uh, most recent experience as the chief of public affairs uh, for Resolute Support in Afghanistan. How uh, how do you um, advise um, your four-star, who is bound, uh, bound by the truth and also by uh, uh, principles of uh, democracy and f- uh, freedom of the press and fair and free flow of information, when you have an enemy who has no interest whatsoever and no requirement uh, to tell the truth?
4: That was probably the biggest challenge that we faced, and... In terms of, uh, the, the four star that I worked for was General Nicholson, who's still there. Very good man. Uh, and he is really, really good, uh, when he does interviews. The challenge is, I wish I could, uh, have him do interviews every day. Of course, you can't have that. Uh, but you, what we would tell him is that we, we have to keep telling our story over and over and over again. Because in effect, that's what the enemy was doing. us over there. And uh, when I say the enemy, I'm talking about the Taliban. I'm talking about ISIS. Believe it or not, both the Taliban and ISIS have Twitter accounts. And every single uh, time there was some small incident, both of them would claim responsibility and then exaggerate what they did. For example, they'd say they would, they killed eight American soldiers and destroyed five tanks. Okay. Well, we don't have tanks in Afghanistan. So that's one thing we could correct right away. Uh, We also would correct that there were no Americans uh, killed or wounded in action over a certain period of time that would let people know that this is a lie. Uh, And the ability to counter that type of propaganda became very, very important. Uh, And we did that routinely. Uh, The the worst one that we had, they, they had over the course of probably... I don't know, six days in a row, they had claimed that they had killed any number of American soldiers because that's the big win for them with their audience. And finally, we got to a point on the day that they said they had killed like 12 Americans and destroyed all this equipment, the only injury that we had had in 48 hours was uh, the door of a mine-resistant vehicle closed on a soldier's thumb and broke it. So that was the only... uh, (laughs) injury that we had. And um, quite frankly, we were a little tired of having to counter all this propaganda. So we used the hashtag pants on fire, which we did with uh, absolute uh, clarity with the audience we're trying to reach with that hashtag. It connects people that do fact checking in the journalistic world, because I wanted to label the Taliban in this case as liars and most of the press over there understand that the Taliban lie and they, they will say that they often exaggerate their claims, but I wanted that to get to a broader audience. So we use that hashtag, you know, once again, Taliban claims are false. No Americans have been hurt or killed in Afghanistan in the last 48 hours. Hashtag pants on fire. And, what that did is it
1: I love that. quieted
4: them down for more than two weeks. We didn't have to deal with that for two weeks. I think they were trying to figure out what Pants on Fire meant.
1: I love it. I love it. And I think a key message there is you cannot control the narrative unless you provide narrative. You, uh, if there's a drumbeat against you, you have to drumbeat back.
4: You absolutely do. You have to be, uh, you can't cede the battlefield to your adversary. You don't do that with uh, combat at sea. You don't do it with combat on land. You cannot do it in the information environment either. And we worked very hard to make sure that our social media channels were uh, constantly putting out content to reinforce our uh, narrative of how we were helping build the strength of the Afghan forces. Uh, while at the same time, we, we use them to counter propaganda. Um, so that, that pipeline always had to be full. There always had to be content. And uh, I had a, a team over there that was just magnificent, and they did a brilliant job uh, of working the social media over there.
1: Well, and of course, speaking of uh, – we started the show talking about some of the new people at Vox Optima – uh, oh, he's been with us for a month, but one of your uh, staff members from Resolute Support, Jason Tross, is now uh, uh, working for Vox Optima, leading up our efforts with the Joint Forces Training Center, NATO's Joint Forces Training Center in Bydgoszcz Poland. Uh, we Jason's have to go to break man. now. We
4: had, we had some uh, uh, we had some interesting times
1: out there. He is, We're uh, we're uh, Bill. We're going to ask you to uh, stay after the break into the last. Segment. So please send your questions to brand.ambassadors at boxoptima.com and don't forget to check out Bill Salvin's company, signalbridge.com. We will be back right after this.
3: become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america
0: when business people think pr they usually think spin good bad or indifferent but spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels, you'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit voxoptima.com. That's voxoptima.com. Are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program
2: Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Gary Potterfield, along with Merritt Hamilton Allen. And before the break, our guest Bill Salvin was talking about um, his experiences in uh, resolute support over in Afghanistan. And um, th- something that came to my th- mind was uh, when you when you're dealing with a situation so serious as that, and 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 you, obviously in corporate America, you also have very serious issues that uh, leadership deals with. Um, what do you do to ensure, you know, when you have a, a very busy leader, that it's important to engage with the media?
3: Great
4: question, uh, Gary. The the, uh, the the way we approached it when we were uh, at Resolute Support is uh, finding the right strategic moments to use the commander uh, and then uh, in other moments finding other uh, uh, you know the the vice commanders or the deputy commanders of various segments, using them strategically as well, and then using uh, kind of senior uh, officers at the O six O five level, um, kind of your colonels or your uh, uh, navy captains, uh, to deliver message as subject matter experts at other times. So it, it's always a, a mix of people that you put on in terms of. Um, the commander, total competing priorities. And uh, one of the things that uh, we found was making sure that we got the right uh, outlet or uh, media um, or or journalist for example, talking to the Washington Post was, was very important because of the audience that reads the Washington Post. When there was a message that uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, people in foreign capitals uh, heard, we would make sure we would go to a New York Times or a Washington Post, uh, sometimes the Wall Street Journal, uh, because that would get to leadership in the United States, and it would also ripple across uh, Europe, which was a very important uh, audience for us. Germany was a very important market for us, and we would make sure that we got the commander on uh, German out uh, television and German outlets because that was a very important uh, audience uh, for us. Germany was a very is a very big contributor uh, to the Resolute Support uh, mission, so communicating with that audience was very important. So, when you have a commander or a senior leader in an organization that's very very busy, my recommendation is. Pick the right journalist or outlet uh, because that gives you more bang for your buck. And you're going to get some bounce out of that story through the social media and the digital channels that all those major organizations have.
1: That's – I think a huge issue, and I, I, these last two questions on this show are kind of focusing back on the PR practitioner, not just uh, the business or military executive, but how, how do you find uh, uh, military communications uh, different than corporate crisis communications? Because I think a lot, of, uh, a lot of us would think they're, they're very much the same. How do you think they're different?
4: Uh, certainly the, in military communications, you have to be much more sensitive to uh, the information that you're uh, putting out uh, because of the very direct adversarial environment uh, in Afghanistan, it's a combat environment that you're in. Uh, clearly, NATO is not in a combat mission, but the environment that they're conducting, their trained advise and assist mission is done. In a combat environment, so you have to be very sensitive to that, because even uh, things that you think are innocuous when you're back in the United States can provide your adversary with information that, unfortunately, they will use to kill you or um, harm your ability to complete your mission. So, from that standpoint, uh, you tend military communication. I think you need to be much more selective about the information that you put out if you're dealing with a, a a small company or you, you know, any type of organization you want to get out as much of the information as you can, especially if it's a, a crisis situation, get as much of the facts out on the table as quickly as you can, because then you can establish yourself as that trusted source of information, uh, the, because th- that pipeline will be filled very, very quickly with information, uh, and what we have found, if, if you look at social media, whenever there's a crisis, about fifty percent of the the information that you'll see on social media will be just people expressing their opinion about it. Like, um, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Twenty um, percent of the information will be provably true information disturbingly about 30% of the information that is put out is provably false. There are people that put false information into the environment either because they're, they're simply trolls or they are your adversaries and they want to damage your organization or uh, harm your ability to complete your mission. And that's a big challenge for the PR practitioner today is dealing with that very challenging social media environment in a crisis.
2: Well, Bill, as we're, we're we're getting near the end of this uh, hour, and it uh, it went by very fast. But uh, before we wrap up, um, I think it's important to let folks know how they can get in touch with you if they want some media training or to, just any advice in 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 PR. Why don't you tell them, tell the folks uh, what they need to do to to reach you.
3: Uh,
4: you know, signalbridge com is our uh, website. Uh, our contact information is there. Uh, you, you can send me an email, bsalvid at signalbridge com, uh, or you can use the info link on our our website. And uh, it, it's uh, if anyone wants media training, I'm more than happy to talk to them uh, about it because you know our passion is helping people tell their stories and. Our uh, expertise is teaching people to talk to reporters, and we're really, really proud of the work that we do.
1: Well, Bill uh, Bill Salvin of Signal Bridge, uh, thank you so much. Uh, this has been a, a fantastic show. Uh, uh, we hope that uh, our listeners listening live uh, will we'll share the link and, of course, will be available on demand. Uh, and that's uh, Bill Salvin of Signal Signalbridge, www.signalbridge.com Thank you so much for joining us today uh, This is Merit Hamilton Allen and for Gary Potterfield and the Brand Ambassadors Thanks for joining us We'll talk to you next week
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to the Brand Ambassadors Please join Merit Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.